Welcome to another episode of Impact. I am your host, Sam Iniguez. I'm the Director of Communications, former said Union High School District. This episode is about assets, the after-school program here at MUHSD, which starts up again on Tuesday, September 8th. Now, I wanted to do this episode for two reasons. First, I don't think a lot of people know much about the after-school program and what's offered. In fact, some of the responses I've seen from schools posting about the return of assets are people saying they've, they've never heard of it. And secondly, I'm curious to know how assets is going to work in the current virtual environment that we're all living in. So my guest is asset site liaison Xavier Gomez. He's with the California Teaching Fellows Foundation, which is a nonprofit that specializes in facilitating after-school programs. Now, there's a lot of great info shared in our interview, and as you'll hear, assets is one of those things that many can benefit from. So hopefully, this helps get the word out a little bit. So please enjoy this episode of Impact dedicated to the district's after-school program, also known as ASSETS. All right, so I want to thank Xavier Gomez. Uh, thank you for joining us on Impact. Uh, how are you today? Doing well, doing well. Thank you for having me. You bet, you bet. Okay, now give me your official title. So my official title is a site liaison uh, for the California Teaching Fellows Foundation. And we're a nonprofit that specializes in facilitating after-school programs and other expanded learning programs. And uh, we partnered with the Merced Union High School District since around 2014. And uh, I've been working with the district since 2015. I started off as a tutor at at Colony High School, worked my way up to the site lead. And then now as the site liaison, I oversee all of the programs within the Merced Union High School District, as well as Atwater Elementary District, Del High, and LaGrant. Got it. Got it. So you have a lot of, uh, this is great. You have a lot of experience in assets and that's kind of what we were talking about before, um, before the show started. I wanted to just try to get it out there. Um, you said a lot of people, um, and I've noticed what a lot of people don't really know what assets is, but then there's a lot of people who are familiar with it and they're daily, you know, they're participants. So let's just get it out there. What is ASSETS? I know it's an acronym. I know it's our after-school program, but tell me, um, what is ASSETS? So ASSETS stands for After School Safety and Enrichment for Teens. And that's one of the main components of it is just giving students like a safe outlet to um, still enjoy themselves and enrich themselves in terms of uh, getting academic support, but also learning new skills such as cooking, art, uh, music, um, video production, pretty much anything that the students may be interested in. Uh, we're interested in finding out a way for us to provide it for them in terms of an, uh, a service or an opportunity. Um, when the regular school year operates, we're on each of the campuses with the exception of Livingston High School, and we are taking cues from the students in terms of what uh, services that we're providing, um, as well as also coming from or kind of searching within ourselves in terms of what hobbies and interests and passions we have that we think can kind of inspire uh, engagement from the students. Um, so it is definitely a partnership with us. Uh, the admin, the teachers, and then also the, the students of the school. Got it. And so this is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, um, I was trying to do some research before our interview to sound like I knew a little bit of what I'm talking about. But uh, so it's, this is funded by the state, correct? That is correct. So the assets grant does kind of dictate how we have to provide the program in certain respects. Um, but there is a lot of room for flexibility and creativity in terms of what actually is provided. Um, so it does require that we provide academic support does require that we uh, provide enrichment opportunities. Um, and that's pretty much it. It doesn't really go into detail in terms of saying you have to offer a cooking class, you have to offer a barista class where you allow students to 
make drinks like Starbucks and Jamba Juice and things like that. That's something that that idea actually originated with the student at Buhack Colony High School. And then with that student's idea and us starting that club at Buhack, it then spread to Merced High School, uh, Golden Valley High School, El Cap's considering it. And so it's one of those things where um, it, there's, there's really no limits on the ideas as long as they're safe and appropriate for students. Um, but it's just kind of uh, very much dependent on the creativity of everybody who participates in the program. That's great. And so, yeah, you said the, uh, I, I, I remember seeing uh, the barista club, um, a flyer somewhere and I thought, well, that sounds interesting. That's definitely something I'd want to try out. Um, how do these, how do these, if, if a student has an idea for uh, an assets uh, topic or a subject, um, what, what's the process to try and get, make it so? So uh, the best there's a couple of different ways you can go about it, but the most common way would be to make contact with the site lead of the school where you attend. Um, I'll give you an example. The live music club at Buhack was pretty popular, and that was a club where it's a student named Cody who actually came to me one day. I wasn't the site lead at the time, but I happened to be visiting. Site lead was out. And he's just like, you know what? I'm I'm really interested in starting like a live music club, kind of starting like a a school-based band, but um, something that's extracurricular and just after school, not as much commitment as joining the actual school band. Um, so I told him, okay, we'll just get a list of about 20 students or so who are interested in joining this club as well with you, because we understand that not all 20 will necessarily show up, but we want to have a good base to start the club so it's not just you and a friend. Um, so he went, he got the list of students and their contact information who are interested, took him maybe a week or two. Um, once he had those students, we then began developing the club. We got approval for a room to, uh, to host it. Um, we started ordering the equipment and uh, the club took off. He actually, um, well, in partnership with the tutor who was running the club, they uh, developed a series of concerts that they uh, performed. A couple were at Buhack itself, but they also performed at the convalescent home in Atwater and a couple other locations. So uh, that was an example of a club that started purely from a student's kind of initiative. It was, was not something that was on our radar to start, uh, but that student approached me. I gave him that kind of goal of just finding people who were interested so we could start with a pretty good amount of uh, interest. And out of the 20 students, I want to say about 10 or so were there for that first meeting and then it grew to somewhere between the 10 to 20 range but consistent um, students who were attending and like I said actually willing to participate in concerts and things like that so um, that was a club that we were really really proud of. So is there a minimum say amount of days or amount of time that a uh, they would have to meet to I guess become a part of assets? Uh, I mean, we're pretty flexible about that, and we definitely want to start small, so it's not too big of a commitment for any of the students who are interested in joining. So I would say no no less than once a week, um, but if it's a brand new club, I would say no more than, I mean, even three days a week might be pushing it. That's something where we, we try to allow the club to kind of earn those additional days based on students really faithfully attending, because in our experience, if we have too many days that the club is offered, um, it kind of diminishes students' interest in attending every day. And our goal is for the club to have the most attendance on each of the days that it runs, as opposed to like a handful come this day, a handful come that day. Um, so with Live Music Club, I remember we started with one day and then it expanded into, I believe, two days. And I don't think outside of just kind of special instances where they needed to practice, um, it stayed around that mark. Um, but we've had other clubs that were a little bit more successful that ran, I know, weight training. When that started, it was a two-day-a-week club, and then that went to five days because students just were faithfully attending, and we had high numbers every single day. Um, but that's not necessarily the norm. And you can imagine with some of these niche interest uh, enrichment clubs, you really aren't going to have a student who's able and even interested in attending every day of the week. So we kind of try to make it a little bit more manageable. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, so tell me the difference between, uh, like right now, currently, there's the club rush going on. 
Um, tell me the difference between those types of clubs and, and assets, or I guess how does, could a club become an asset um, topic? How does that work? Absolutely. So there's there's nothing that says that a, um, an idea or an interest that's already happening during the regular day can't then become an idea and interest that creates a club within assets. The thing is, it's not it doesn't happen automatically. So if a club exists in the in the regular day, that's just kind of where it exists. Assets is a totally separate uh, program. But and, and then there is a restriction with that as well. With the assets grant, we can't supplant anything that's already offered during the regular day outside of assets hours. Um, so there is a possibility for a club that's taking place during the regular day to maybe adopt a new name and then run during the after school program. Pretty much all of the same students can attend since they would have that same interest, uh, but it would have to have a separate budget. It would have to um, pretty much, and that's really the main thing. Um, I can't think of any other distinctions that need to be made, but we cannot spend something that then benefits directly that regular day club. It has to only be, be spent in support of assets. Um, that's why it can't really take on the same name and those sorts of things. But um, but there's nothing against, say, um, uh, let me give you an example. Um, students for, yeah, uh, Students for College Success was a club at Buhack that was started based on AVID during the regular day. Um, so it was the same teacher, uh, I believe it was Miss Griffiths that was running it. Um, and so she had the idea because she was already offering it during the regular day. She wanted to bring it in after school. We said, well, we can't really have an AVID after school club in assets. Because then by us funding this, we're technically funding the regular day, even if you're only meeting during this time. So let's come up with a different name, open it up to everybody so it's not restricted to anybody who's just already attending during the regular day. Um, so you may have some students that only attend during assets, which is great. You may have 100% of the same students from the regular day. That's totally fine, too. But our spending is on students for college success. But at the end of the day, it's the same. It, it's achieving the same goals that AVID intends to achieve. Um, so we were able to send students to... Uh, college field trips and things like that. I remember they went on a really special field trip down to LA and were able to have fundraise because we weren't able to buy the Disneyland tickets, but they fundraised for Disneyland tickets. Um, and they went down to, I want to say they toured UCLA, uh, USC. Um, this was years back, but that's just an example of a club that during the regular day it existed, but we were able to kind of offer something very similar, if not very similar, uh, during after school. Got it. All right. So as long as you're willing to meet um, after school, and you have um, an advisor and students who are really, uh, you know, really want to put in the time and, and do put in the time, um, this could be a, a reality. Their club could basically turn into uh, assets. Correct? Yeah, you know, I, I left out a very key component at, at most sites, not every single site, but a, a key component is the, the partnership with teachers as well. Um, so that was an example of that. So Ms. Griffiths was a, a BUHAC teacher who then came to us with that idea and, and started that club. Um, and that that's common at, at most of the sites, not all of the sites, but I know it's especially Yosemite and Sequoia. Um, they're really big about having teachers involved in facilitating clubs. And because they have that connection with the students during the regular day that us asset staff don't have since we don't arrive until two o'clock, 1.30ish, um, that's really beneficial because then those students by coming to that teacher's club they've now joined assets as an entire program and they're, they're now able to go to any of the clubs. And so they, then we see that spill over where some of those students start there, but then they end up going over into say the cooking or the barista or the live music club. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, so let's talk, like you said, we have um, teachers who are, um, I guess you call them advisors or, or instructors. Um, is it just teachers who, who are that or can um, someone from the outside do it and, and if so what's that process like to become a teacher or a mentor 
Yeah, you know, great question. And I, I need to take it even further. So yeah, it's not even just the certificated teachers, also classified staff have run clubs for us, um, coaches, uh, assistant coaches, even in, in some cases. Um, and we have had people who are just non-district employees that have come in to support assets as well. So that process is handled way more on the, the district's end in terms of like the background checks and clearance and that process. But um, in terms of uh, clubs being offered, we've had a, a music production club um, that was really well received by the group of students that were participating. It wasn't intended to ever be like a giant club because there was such a, a need for individual uh, attention for the students in that club, for them to record songs that they had written, um, for them to learn about producing and mixing the vocals and um, just making a song from scratch, basically. Uh, but that, that was an individual who was a, um, a graduate from Expressions College in Berkeley, which is uh, for music production specifically. Um, and so he, he had a connection with someone in the district. They, they told him about assets. He was interested. He wasn't wanting to join with Teacherville's because our organization is for college students, recent college graduates um, that are interested in pursuing a path towards teaching or at least working with the youth in some capacity. Um, he definitely wanted to work with the students, but he already was a, had a degree in, in music production and that's what he wanted to focus on. Um, so he, he wasn't in school. And so we were able to bring him into the program uh, by him um, being contracted on through the district. And uh, uh, from what I understand with that process, it's kind of similar. They do want to make sure that there's an interest in the, uh, the school or schools where the club is going to be offered. And then also they have to go through the process of being background checked, fingerprinted, TB test clearance, all of that. Um, sure. Yeah, that, that is an option as well. If there's anybody that knows somebody who would be a great person to come in and, and offer a club who's not currently a Merced Union High School District employee or a teaching fellow, it's a possibility, but it is a little bit more rare. Most most of the clubs that are offered are offered by the either the teacher fellow staff, teachers, classified staff, someone who's already working on the campus in some capacity. Okay, and I, I asked that because it seems like that would be a great opportunity for a, a college student, you know, either Merced College or a um, UC Merced uh, yeah. college student who who wants to, um, you know, help uh, other like-minded individuals. Um, you know, explore and, and, you know, go further into their, the subject that they're, they're interested in. So it's just, um, it just seems like that'd be a great bridge to another bridge. You know, we have with a lot of different ways that we're working with our local colleges, but another uh, bridge to, um, to build between those uh, institutions. Yeah, yeah, it's a great opportunity because we have uh, a lot of our asset staff um, are students who graduated from Merced Union High School District schools. And so um, it's one of those things where you'll have these students that as a student, they participated in assets, in some cases even came up with clubs. Um, I'll give you an example, uh, Sadiqa Zamani, she was a student of Buhack Colony High School. She was the person who actually came up with the idea for the Barista Club that now is so prominent in all of these other campuses. Um, she actually went on to get hired by teaching fellows and then went on to work as originally a substitute tutor. Then she worked at uh, Merced High School as a tutor worked her way up to now being the assistant lead at Bellevue Elementary because we also work with the Atwater Elementary School District. Um, and that's a pretty common story. It's not the case for everybody. Of course, we have people that are coming in from LA that are now going to UC Merced that then get hired on through teaching fellows and work at these programs. But a lot of people are of the community as well. So um, it's a kind of self, um, not so self-fulfilling, but it, it's kind of almost like a cycle. It's like they, we have a lot of people that do start as that student and then work them their way up to being on the other end of the spectrum and now they're, or the other side of the coin, and now they're actually facilitating as an employee and as a professional. Um, so it's pretty great, especially because they're in school. So now they've got a, a good job opportunity, something that's actually teaching them skills. 
nothing against working in, in other positions and jobs when you're at that age. I mean, I worked at restaurants and things like that, but working in schools, especially if that's what you want to do and being able to get that experience is hard to come by, um, especially without having a degree first. So we have people that in their first, second year of college, and this is what they're thinking that they're wanting to do. Um, and it helps them to start to build that experience, build the resume. And then in some cases, uh, we actually just had Kirsten Weston. She was the, started off as a, a tutor at El Capitan, transferred to Buhack, um, then ended up getting the position for a site lead at Golden Valley High School. She was there for years, did a great job. And then now she just got hired on as a teacher at Merced High School. Transitioned directly from high school site lead at Golden Valley to teacher, English teacher at Merced High School. So <laughs> it opens up a lot of doors because who's to say that those connections would be made if you weren't already working in the school? You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, that's great. You get that uh, inside track, as it were. Um, yeah, that's great to hear. All right. So, um, I mean, are there any costs to the students that, that are, um, you know, that, that go with this and who can who can apply for this? So a great question is there's absolutely no cost to anybody who's participating in the program and anyone can participate. It's literally no barriers at all. Um, even students, even though there is the uh, the requirement for students to apply and, and join the program, and we don't say applies and you get it rejected or denied. You just have to provide an application uh, signed by your parent. But um, with that said, we do allow students to check out the program. There's a sort of grace period where you don't have to have that application on your first day because we want students to experience the program and see if it's something that they'd be interested in attending. And we don't want that to be a barrier to where it's like, oh, I can't even check it out until my parent signs. Maybe I just don't go. So we do have that as an option for students to just kind of stop by with their friend who may already be a member. They can kind of bring a friend and then if that friend likes it, we give them an application and then give them some time to return it. Um, and then in terms of costs, the assets grant covers all costs. Um, we've done some initiatives where there was fundraising involved for things that the grant can't pay because like I said, the state providing that grant set expectations and, and guidelines on how that grant can be spent. So we can't just do anything um, with it, but there's a lot that we can do. So it is rare that we have fundraising opportunities, but that is the extent of student kind of involvement in terms of spending. And even in those instances, um, if we're able to, we're providing the supplies and um, things that they're using for the fundraiser. So it's not where students are coming out of pocket for anything. That's never sure. the, the intention with assets. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that, um, I think a lot of people, they may not know that it's free. Um, yeah. And then also that, you know, there is a, an application that can be filled out. Where, where do they find that application? Uh, so that application when schools were open was always available in the front office as well as at the, uh, the after-school program office. And we'd give you a physical copy, take it home and bring it back. Uh, we also had a digital copy available on the school's website under the, the assets uh, webpage. Um, at this point right now, we're, we're looking at a different system for the, the online program. Um, so going with the option of everybody just being enrolled automatically and then students and parents having the option to opt out of the program as opposed to opting in. Um, just so that way we're not having to, to um, worry about trying to get applications back after sending them out. So it's going to be a lot harder in the online setting. Um, but yeah, so this year you wouldn't really have to worry about it. Once schools reopen, it would be available either at that assets office or the front office. Um, and then you could also return it to either of those locations once completed. Got it. Got it. Okay. And so which brings us to the next uh, set of questions. Um, yeah, everything's going to be virtual. Um, this at least for the, the fall semester. Um, and so when asset starts up, by the way, starts up um, this coming uh, Tuesday, the 8th, correct? Because Monday's a holiday. Yeah. Um, so um, I've, I've already seen flyers and, and social media posts about it. School sites are getting ready to kick off their assets. 
how um, how are these going to be uh, different now that we have, cannot meet uh, in person? How are those classes going to be taking place? Uh, so the ideas in terms of uh, what's provided are going to be very similar, but it's going to be very different in terms of the structure and how it's facilitated. So uh, we're going to be utilizing at each of the campuses are doing it a little bit different, but there's going to be some video chats for, for live interaction with the students in terms of academic support, um, as well as the facilitation of enrichment clubs. Um, so for the academic support, it's either setting an appointment to meet with a tutor at a specific time on a specific day, or just dropping in um, to just an open Google Meet or a Zoom link um, to, to get assistance, or even submitting your questions in advance and then either getting a response via email that's going to help you with that assignment that you were struggling with, or using that as a way to kind of prompt the tutor in advance so when you do show up for that live tutoring session, they're already familiar with the, the work that you're needing help with. Um, so that's what tutorial is going to look like, whereas with the enrichment clubs, um, if it's something that doesn't require any supplies or materials, great. We could just go straight into a live uh, meeting through Zoom or, or one of those platforms. Um, if there are supplies that are, that are needed, we are able to provide them. So we would use assets grants to purchase either cooking supplies for our cooking club, which is going to be a little bit more limited, of course, since it's working from home. Um, we're going to be looking into more cookless cooking um, where you're not actually having to use heating elements such as making cheesecake by just putting it in the fridge, um, things like that, as well as uh, we do have approval for students to use their microwaves at home. So we would be coming up with uh, lessons that do incorporate the microwave if any heating is needed. Um, outside of that, art clubs, um, anything that needs any sort of supplies that aren't super expensive that we can easily distribute to students. Um, our plan is to provide care packages so students can pick them up, um, ideally at the location where they would be picking up their meals for the district. Um, and through those care packages, they would then be able to participate in the activities that are outlined for those supplies. Um, and this would again be totally free. This wouldn't be any, any uh, cost to any students. Um, and the idea is that we're trying to make the at-home experience as close to the in-person experience as possible. That's great. You know, I mean, the, the whole supplies, uh, providing them, um, yeah, I can just imagine someone who's really into art, they don't have the supplies, but, you know, if they take this um, assets program um, through the grant, those could be, you know, issued to them, like you said. Um, and uh, so that's, that's awesome. I mean, I think we definitely, that's something we definitely need to get out there. We'll get back to the interview in a moment. Have you heard about the changes to the free food program offered by MUHSD? In an effort to accommodate families, meals are now being provided for all kids and teens 18 years of age and under. Also, families can pick up meals for students from any MUHSD site. I know that that was an issue that was brought up by families that live on the other side of town from their school. Another improvement we've made is there will be more options added to the menu and more hot meals will be provided. That's not all. Starting Tuesday, September 8th, meals will be transported to and distributed in neighborhoods across the district. So you'll be able to pick up meals both at the school or at any of the predetermined locations, which you can find on our website, muhsd.org and social media. Thanks to our great nutrition services team, we're always looking for ways to support our families, especially during distance learning. Now back to the show. What are some of the clubs that are out there that are going to be starting here coming on, the, on September 8th? So uh, one of the most popular clubs is the anime club. Students are right. really, really passionate about that. Um, and that's great because it doesn't inherently require supplies, but the club, the tutors are coming up with uh, 
different activities that they can do. I know one of the tutors was interested in um, having students create, not not through the cooking club, but I guess in sort of partnership with the Japanese uh, dishes that are kind of either referenced or, or kind of shown within the anime clubs. Uh, so anime is one of them that's really popular. We've also got uh, trading card game is a, a really popular club over at Yuhack uh, that's Yu-Gi-Oh! And um, I don't think they really do anything beyond, beyond Yu-Gi-Oh! But it would incorporate also Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, and things like that if students are interested. Um, another one is just computer gaming is really popular at some of the sites. Um, that includes um, League of Legends, uh, Apex. It's not really my thing. I don't really know too much about it, but it's really popular. Um, kind of drawing blanks outside of those. Uh, those are probably the most popular. A lot of clubs also being, or a lot of schools are also offering at-home workouts. Um, so just tips for students to be able to stay fit at this time, if that's something that they're passionate about doing. Um, having um, some that are more kind of like uh, bulking focused in terms of like weights. If students happen to have those at home, we know that's not necessarily a luxury everyone's going to have, but for the students who do, that would be something that's provided as well as just uh, workouts that can be done with no equipment or, or supplies or at all. Um, so just kind of uh, cardio and, and um, just calisthenics and those types of things, body workouts that, that don't require weights. Right, right. And if there is uh, an interest out there, say like a, you know, like a, a music, uh, a break dancing, for some reason, I just was scrolling and I saw a break dancing, um, <laughs> but which sounds awesome. There's a ballet folklorico mm -hmm. um, thing. I mean, it's basically kind of like, you know, when, with podcasts, if there's, if there's an interest out there, there's a podcast for it. So um, if someone out there is listening and there's an interest and they know that there's, you know, if you're interested in it, there's probably a bunch of other people who are interested in it. Right. Um, and once, you know, once they see it like a gaming club or something, um, their interest gets peaked, then that may be their doorway into the assets program, which could just be another doorway into like you said, the the, uh, the story about the gal who's now teaching at, at Merced High. Um, so these are all um, just endless uh, possibilities. Um, um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend they, how would they, like you said, do they reach out to their site um, leader for that if they want to start something up? Yeah, so I would say, I mean, uh, I know a lot of people, if they're not familiar with that, it's at all me telling them, hey, go talk to the site leader. It's like, well, who is that? Um, so I'd recommend if you, if you have just no understanding of assets or point of reference, I would recommend that you kind of contact your front office. They should be able to direct you to um, get you in contact with the after school program site lead. Um, and then from there, uh, just let them know what your interest is. And then they'll walk you through the steps of what would be needed to bring that club to light. But um, I highly encourage anybody who's interested in the club to do so because most of the clubs that we've started have come from students. I would say it's maybe not most, but at least about 50-50. A lot of them are ideas that, if not facilitated by that student, like that's that's separate. I mean, if you have an idea for a club and you also want to facilitate it, even better. But that's not necessarily a barrier that we want to um, impose. So you can come up with an idea and have no interest in running it. Maybe you just want to be a participant. And if that's the case, that is how a lot of our clubs are, are coming to, to be developed is we're not just kind of wanting to go in and invest in a club and put all our time and resources into it. And we don't know if the students are interested. So um, yeah. it's very much something where uh, we need that communication from the students to know what, what the new interests are. Um, I'll say with anime, that's something that I was at Buhack when, uh, as a site lead when, or no, no, I was a tutor at the time when um, that club was started. And I, I wasn't into anime personally. So I just was mm -hmm. like, oh, anime, that's interesting. We'll see how that goes. 30 students were coming like every day. 
Um, it was running, I think, every Friday, and it was just they were packing in there, and they they weren't just strolling in; they were like waiting outside for the club to open. So this is something where if you were asking me, I would be like, ah, oh, no, anime, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. But having students come to us to us and and advocate for it, and then um, show up in droves, it showed me that we definitely need that communication from the students to really be able to provide what they're wanting because they may not align with our personal interests, but we're definitely willing and interested and happy to provide anything that the students are interested in, as long as it's school appropriate, of course. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so um, I know that before um, before the whole pandemic hit, um, students were, were limited to the assets that were offered at their site. Is that still the case now that we're in a virtual situation? And if I were wanted to take, um, you know, there's, there's an assets offered at um, a school that I don't go to, but I'm really interested in, and they don't offer it at my site, is, is that a, a possibility to, take that even though it's not offered at my site uh it's definitely a possibility i will say because livingston high school unfortunately does not have the assets grant at this time they are more than welcome and highly encouraged to attend any school um specifically atwater and uh Buhack county high school are being um, promoted to them and we're happy to have them uh, as far as the students at the other schools we would prefer for students to attend the, the clubs of the schools that they attend um, but it's not, it's not necessarily the way that it has to be. It's just that we may not be doing as much kind of cross-campus advertisement in terms of the services that are offered. But if they happen to have a friend who goes to another school and they're really interested in joining that particular anime club, or if it's a club that's not offered yet at their school, um, then we would be open to having them participate. But again, if there's something that's not offered at your school and it's offered at another school, what I would prefer is that we would start to develop that club to be offered at your school. Because if you're interested in it and you're looking longingly at this other school saying, oh man, I wish we had that here. Let me go, just go join that club. I would prefer that either, even if you're not necessarily interested in running the club, but if you can kind of help us to develop that club so we can have uh, one of our teaching fellow tutors kind of be the, the lead facilitator of it, um, but allowing the students to really um, steer the direction of the club based on them being the students that have the interest in it. Um, but of course, if that's just not a possibility or if the student just really, really wants to join that other club, um, it's not something that we would decline the, their ability to do so. It's just not what we would necessarily recommend. Sure, sure. And that's a great idea, you know, starting it up at your own site. Um, and then, you know, that could always raise, um, you know, like a little competition, you know, maybe you could have little competitions, you know, between your, your club at your site and the similar club at another site. I mean, that, yeah. that could just, you know, that could take off in and of itself, right? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, with uh, the commuter gaming club, specifically League of Legends, we've had multiple tournaments over the years. It's, it's dying out a little bit in popularity now. And I, I think Fortnite and Apex are kind of taking over with that. But uh, we had multiple uh, Legion League of Legends tournaments in the past, and that started as just a club at one side. I believe Merced High had it first, um, and then it spread to Buhack. Um, Golden Valley had a pretty big one, too. Um, Atwater somewhat, and uh, El Capitan as well. And with them having those clubs now at each of the campuses, they were then able to meet up on Saturdays and either go to each other's campuses or uh, compete remotely. Um, so obviously right now we'd be doing it remotely, but there's definitely the possibility for clubs to interact with each other from other campuses. Um, other examples of that are um, the Lights On event, which is the, the big nationwide after school sort of holiday or just kind of celebration day um, yeah. in October. It, it varies per uh, month. It's usually on a Thursday or per year. But we've had uh, students from different campuses, specifically like the dance clubs, um, that go in and perform at those events. So last year we had... Uh, Buhack and I want to say LCAP that performed at uh, the Lights On event in downtown Merced right off of was it Main Street. Um, 
and that was really really cool and uh they had a really good reception from the from the crowd as well so um yeah there's a lot of examples of uh clubs kind of collaborating with each other and participating in similar events or even directly competing with each other um and again that's what we would want to encourage as opposed to just hey i go to merced high let me go to this atwater high club you know what i mean right right so and then um and then i get, i want to make sure we we mention uh, and you you touched on it uh the tutorials that are offered um these you know these after school if you need help um you know with your classes especially in this virtual setting that we're all in we know that there's a lot of um, need out there um so just talk a little bit again about how about what tutorial um offerings assets has yeah so uh with tutorial and just academic support in general uh we're gonna be providing that through a couple different options so one is just the live instruction of uh, just dropping in for the support that you need at the time that you just you need it right now You want to drop in and just get some help real quick. That's that's gonna be available to you as well uh, But there's also the appointment base So if you specifically have a time that you're interested in meeting um, Or if you're just kind of looking through the, the appointment slots and you just see an open time slot that that works best for you Then selecting that and then being able to have a little bit more personalized um, Interaction with the tutor as opposed to the drop-in where there may be a couple people that are being helped at that time um, we're also having the option for students that aren't necessarily comfortable with that live instruction or even with an appointment um, of um, submitting their questions through a Google form or in, in some capacity, it's going to look a little bit different at each site. So uh, just, I would say first and foremost, if you are interested in that academic support, um, going to your school's website and looking at the, uh, the sort of guidelines on how tutorials can be provided at your site. Um, because i'm kind of just describing in big picture but it does look a little bit different at each site um, but there is going to be an option for you to submit your questions so that way you can have a um, sort of uh, without having any live instruction you can have the tutor still support you on the the question that you're needing help with either providing a, a video or a picture that kind of explains to you the, the steps of how to solve that math equation or giving you feedback on the writing that you've been doing or um, helping to guide you in a direction of where you might need to look if you're um, having trouble with your research on like a history assignment or whatever that may be each of our tutors they are college students or recent college graduates so whatever their major was and whatever their their kind of strongest subjects are that's what we've designated them for for uh, academic support um, so we would be intentional in kind of placing you with somebody who is able to support you on that subject that's that's great and, and i love that this program it covers the academic as well as the uh, enrichment and then, like you said, some of the uh, the physical, um, you know, attributes, uh, just kind of the, you know, what what we aim to do is produce, you know, well-rounded students. So that this is an amazing program that hopefully we can try and get, you know, this with this podcast and some of the social media that's going on, try and get the word out um, even more so about it. And um, you know, maybe there'll even be something where, um, you know, because it's virtual, there'll be even more of a inclination just to check it out. And see yeah. what it's like um i understand when we have our you know we've been doing board meetings um online now and yeah our attendance is up you know I, there's just something about being able to you know just trying to see what it's like um and not committing to you know having to drive down or or actually physically go somewhere so hopefully this has a similar effect yeah i can definitely see that and um i, I do see i agree with you it is a little bit of a barrier right after school you've just gotten out say we're all on campus been at school all day maybe you don't want to necessarily stay afterwards so there's a little bit of a barrier there compared to just jumping in on a zoom meeting um, so we are hoping that we get some brand new students that never checked out assets even if they aren't a freshman and they've been here for the last couple of years but they just never checked it out um, and then ideally they they fall in love with the program and then once the school reopens then they they continue to attend in, in the 
real setting. Uh, but right now we're just focused on the, the virtual settings because we're not really sure when school is going to be reopening. Like right. you said, at least this semester, that's going to be online. So that's what we're, we're focused on for the, for the time being. Okay. And so just uh, where do people go, students go to find out what their school is offering? I mean, imagine the website, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, what we're in the process of doing is linking the like a, a full, more broad and um, way more informational assets website to the assets webpage on your school's website. Um, so you would go to, if you go to Merced High School, the, the Merced High School website, go to, I believe, student services, um, go into the assets tab, and then there would be some like kind of limited information provided on that webpage itself, but then clicking the link to the website that we've developed is going to give you a little bit more information in terms of, well, a lot more information regarding the uh, different um, uh, clubs that are offered, as well as uh, explaining to you the, the different opportunities for how you can re um, receive academic support. All right. And if someone wanted to get in touch with you just for a little bit more info, um, how can they do that? Okay. Uh, well, you can contact me. My email is xavier.gomez at ctff.us. That's x-a-v-i-e-r dot g-o-m-e-z at ctff. C-t-f-f. C is in cat. T is in Tom. F is in Frank. C-t-f-f dot us. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have. And like I said, I work with all of the, the campuses, so I can give you insights into what's offered at, at different um, schools and stuff like that. If you're interested in something that may not be offered at your school, and you're just kind of curious if it's offered somewhere else. Um, and uh, also I can be that person who can put you in contact with the site lead at the school where you attend. All right, it's a lot of good information there. I appreciate you coming on the show, Xavier. Uh, once again, uh, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you again for having me. Impact is a production of the MUHSD Communications Department. For more information about the district, visit our website, muhsd.org, and follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and our handle is at MercedUHSD. Thanks for listening.